welcome to today's episode of the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast. I'm your host, Jess Wong, and I like to talk about science and science-based tools, particularly in neurobiology, exercise physiology, and the nutritional sciences. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that follow button on Spotify so you never miss a single podcast episode. Today, we are going to be talking about one of the most and longest research exercise supplements, which is curatine. So what's curatine anyway? Curatine is this popular exercise supplement that helps improve exercise performance. And it's been studied for 200 years already. And it's one of the most scientifically supported fitness supplements on the market in just the past three decades. Creatine is also found naturally in animal meat. But in modern fitness times, we can just buy a can of creatine, which comes in a grainy white powder, mix it with water, and chug it down. In my humble opinion, many of the creatine supplement manufacturers and marketers fail to understand what creatine does at the cellular level because of all the complex biochemistry. Right? Creatine is not something to be trifled with because altering your creatine levels will affect your body at the most microscopic level and cause changes in nearly every single one of your cells in your body. So a word of warning before we begin. This episode is going to be split into two halves. The first half is going to be diving deep into the cellular biology of creatine. And you don't even need to know this material, but because there are so many quote-unquote experts and provide such inaccurate information about the biochemistry, my goal is to walk you through the cellular mechanism that creatine plays in our bodies. The second part of the podcast episode today, we will be talking about how can we use creatine as a tool to build muscle. So, how does creatine work anyway, right? As you know, each of your cells contain mitochondria. And it's meme for being the powerhouse of the cell. And mitochondria produces ATP, right? ATP is the energy currency of your cells and my cells and your neighbor's cells. And when ATP is broken down, ADP is produced. And also a phosphate molecule that used to be attached to ADP when it used to be ATP is released. So when ADP is released, recycled and then it gets a phosphate group attached on it again ATP is formed again your mitochondria will con- convert glucose fatty acids and ketones into ATP via the Krebs cycle you probably heard of that from like high school biology at rest the mitochondria doesn't actually release ATP or absorb ADP to recycle into ADP instead creatine interacts with the enzyme system called creatine kinase and this is located on the outside of the mitochondria creatine will literally pick up a phosphate molecule from atp in the mitochondria turn atp into adp and once creatine grabs that phosphate group it's then called creatine phosphate does this make sense so far Creatine phosphate will deliver this phosphate group to the area of the cell that's doing a lot of work. And at that site, the creatine kinase will remove its own phosphate group and combine it with ADP at the same site to convert the ADP back into ATP. Essentially, 
Creatine transports the energy produced by the mitochondria directly to the working parts without needing a long chemical series of steps. So this is really efficient, right? So to recap this mechanism, creatine keeps our cells supplied with ATP while keeping intracellular ADP levels low. And it's important to keep intracellular ADP levels low because as ADP levels increase, cellular respiration will decrease and this can trigger the need for faster energy. So when ADP levels are low, because ADP keeps getting recycled into ATP at the site of work, you can produce peak power for a slightly longer period of time. So when you're doing a high-intensity repetitive workout, right, your body will try to produce a large amount of power in a short period of time, and your muscle cells will need excess energy fast. Your cells have three energy systems, right? The first one's aerobic. Aerobic, so that's like doing cardio, running, swimming, biking. The second and third are both anaerobic, so without oxygen. And the second one is called the glycolytic system, where the glucose in your blood is rapidly burned to produce ATP. The third one, which comes before the second one, is the ATP creatine phosphate system, which is called the ATP CP system. So when you ramp up power production really quickly from rest, we have already this huge store of ATP and creatine phosphate, right? The cells will burn through the ATP stores and creatine phosphate will recycle the resulting ADP into ATP rapidly. ATP levels never fully deplete within cells, even at fatigue, but creatine phosphate levels can almost become totally exhausted. The ATP CP system is like a battery, so at rest, your cells have a surplus of CP and ATP. When it's time to go, you can tap into the surplus and burn up the CP. This battery is pretty fast acting because ATP CP system only acts for literally five seconds. And it will last you long enough for the glycolytic uh, cycle to come up again. And then if it continues longer, then the oxidative system will happen. And these three energy systems are not isolated and they can all contribute energy throughout exercise or work. ATP CP system is critical for resistance type training, sprinting, and high intensity interval training because all of these require peak power performance. Creatine is tied with peak output for the time being and the timing of the second anaerobic glycolytical cycle. Whatever your peak output is at which you train, your lactic acid threshold is simply adjusted when if you take creatine by the ATP CP system to reach that same peak of lactic acid threshold in a much shorter period of time. In simpler terms, the ATP CP system is only a five second bridge of high output performance, which allows your glycolytics energy system to come up faster right? And by allowing such an efficient and low-cost recycling system for ATP, creatine keeps your cells running smoothly by allowing them to have short-lived energy demands. If your mitochondria don't need to do the extra work of converting ADP to ATP, if creatine phosphate is lying all around, then we get a lower production of metabolic waste products, 
and these waste products typically put stress on the cellular machinery. If you had no idea what creatine did at the cellular level, you should have a pretty good idea by now. Now, we understand the science at the most basic level, right? So let's leverage these mechanisms to understand how can we use creatine as a tool. So let's understand that creatine didn't make a huge leap in the supplement industry because of its ability to bridge energy systems and get you one to two more reps than you normally would, right? Creatine supplementation is very research-backed to be an extremely effective lean muscle builder. One thing to note is that when people first take in creatine, they tend to increase their body weight because of creatine's role to cause extra water to be retained in your muscle cells and between your muscle cells, also making your muscles bigger and appear fuller. Right? And sometimes you'll even see up to a two to four pound um, gain of weight because of water retention in the first week. So we all know that we need to consume protein to maintain and build muscle mass, right? And creatine shifts the body's metabolism to grow more muscle by increasing muscle synthesis and decreasing muscle breakdown, right? And additionally, creatine is even shown to increase muscle glucose metabolism with the GLUT4. And the GLUT4 is a glucose transporter expression that helps our muscles absorb the glucose that we eat from bread, rice, whatever. And if the GLUT4 expression is increased, then we can replenish glycogen stores faster and prevent fat cells from storing the glucose that we eat as part of body fat for up to 24 hours after resistance training above normal. So if you ever choose to take creatine, make sure you have some simple sugars or maybe have it with a sports beverage or fruit juice to raise your insulin levels quickly. So when you have the creatine powder, it allows the creatine uptake to increase into the muscle, right? But note, creatine isn't just found in supplements, I told you. It's also found in seafoods, beef, pork, and salmon. Of course, it's all about diet first. And if your diet is a hot mess, there's no point in adding creatine. It's better to start having high quality sources of nutrition, of carbs, of lean protein before adding creatine in your regimen combined with exercise. And you'll see an improvement in the quality of your training if you've crushed your nutrition, if you've crushed your, your training volume, right? And you'll be allowed to do even more training volume subsequently you're going to gain more lean muscle mass because it's so much more efficient so that's all i have for you today i'm going to leave you with the same message i leave you in every single one of our dear heart and the brain podcast episodes keep that brain sharp keep that heart healthy and go dominate thank you so much for your time and your attention and above all thank you for your interest in science